Don't forget to follow us on social media for beautiful food and inspiration. It is definitely not a mock wedding between a father and a daughter. This is far from that. These aren't adults. A mock wedding between a father and a daughter. Definitely not a mock wedding. It is definitely not a mock wedding. It is definitely not a mock wedding between a father and a daughter. This is far from that. Over the last 45 years, Edward Smith has had nearly 1,000 lovers. But only one has been a woman. The rest have been cars. I have like I have like a semi just thinking about it right now. Me too. I must be evil. All I want is cash. Power, sex, money. I own your ass. I'm a pimp. Hate me in your life. Power, sex, money. I own your wife. I'm a beast, gonna watch you bleed Power, sex, money, I take what you need I'm a liar, you think I'm kind Power, sex, money, I own your mind I am your sex, I am your lover I am your ex, I am your brother I am your boss, I am your power I am your loss Everything I own Power, sex, money My body is porn I fuck my money Dominate my bills Power, sex, money Drill, drill, drill I am hungry I own your dinner Power, sex, money I am the winner I am strong You're my biggest fan Power, sex, money I am the man I am your sex I am your lover, I am your ex, I am your brother, I am your boss, I am your power, I am your loss, I am your father. We have become the man. That was The Man by Dr. Stryker, and you are listening to Go Fuck Yourself, Episode 7. I am your hostess, the Waffle Princess. You can find all of our podcasts on echoplexmedia.com. You can subscribe at Google, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. 
please uh, donate to our Patreon if you find something of value in what you're hearing. You can join our Discord chat, which is the most fun way and the sexiest way to interact with our crazy crew at discord.me slash echoplex. I am joined by a fantastic crew here, all of whom are veterans on various Plex podcasts, but virgins to go fuck yourself. We're going to start to my right here. Who are you, ma'am? Jennifer Wadsworth. Uh, I'm a reporter for Metro Newspaper here in San Jose. You can find me on Twitter at Jen Wadsworth with two N's. And Guinevere Q, no big fucking deal. No big fucking deal. I'm a musician and a prankster. (laughs) and a poet and a lover of art and sex and music and where can people find you on the social medias you can find me on spotify with the wyatt act and dr striker you can check me out on facebook insta slam cumbler (laughs) all of the above social media (laughs) one of your cue cumbler i think that's my favorite thing today and we are delighted to have an actual medical science doctor here in the studio well Medical, in air quotes. Who are you, sir? My name is Doctor Stryker. First name Doctor, last name Stryker, and I rock major fucking ass. Yes, you do. So I have found. And where can people find you when when you're not um, opining on things of a sexual nature like you are today? YouTube. We've got a channel, and we're releasing a music video every single week. It's going to go huge. Massive, massive, massive rager. Massive rager in each one. What's massive the channel's name? Doctor Striker. Doctor Striker makes yes. sense. Spelled out the full way, not dr. It's doctor because I'm not an actual doctor, so my name is just doctor. So, <laughs> I am the Waffle Princess, and you can find me on Twitter at Waffly Princess. That's waffle spelled with a Y. And you can find me on Facebook at the Go Fuck Yourself Facebook group. That's Go Fuck Yourself spelled with a couple of punctuation marks. And now... Breaking news. Most of you know me as the Waffle Princess, but for this show, for hereforth and forevermore, I would like to be referred to as the Educatrix. Because um, I am a dominatrix by nature, and I like to educate people in the ways of kink. And so, although an educatrix is actually just a fancy name for a teacher, I find it to be a very applicable name when it comes to the things that I do outside of podcasting. So, you can call me Waffle Princess, you can call me the educatrix. All of those things are well within the range. The Waffle Catrix. The Waffle Catrix. I like it. I like it, because it's like a cakey waffle. (laughs) Can I use my health insurance? I ex- I accept <laughs> I do. accept all comers. You ex- you accept it. Okay. I like that. You should be able to use health insurance to get dominated for your dominatrix. You know, I think you're absolutely right. And one of our docket items is going to be talking about how power and BDSM are actually quite healing. Speaking of power, our fucking word of the day, ladies and gentlemen, our dear listener, is power. 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 And we're going to have our official medical musical doctor read the definition the official google google says definition of power power that's two syllables the capability or ability to direct or influence the behavior of others or the course of events as in she had me under her power you have a quote from one of our favorite authors oh oscar wilde yes please he's got such an amazing uh repertoire of quotes and every time you hear it you're like oh that's so oscar wilde he's just very distinct Uh, Oscar Wilde said, everything 
is about sex. Except for sex. Sex, sex is, is about, about power. power. Okay, so let's 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 break that apart a little bit. Why? Why is why is sex about power? What what is that? Jen. I thought <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Take it away. Sure, no. sure if Jesus helps. <laughs> I think mature sex is about power. I mean, when you're younger, you just kind of do it. And then like in your 20s or later 20s, 30s, maybe you start exploring different themes and have to do it in different ways. And then you start like ascribing different meanings to it. But I mean, it, yeah, I, that thoughtful sex could be about power. Like, you know, other kinky sex is about power, not just. So power is something that people who have explored BDSM and kink are very much into because there is an exchange of power. Sometimes you give up power or you become more powerful than your partner. You want to have control of a situation. I think control is part of power too, um, even if that's the giving up of control is that that's part of power also. Sure. Surrendering control. Surrendering control. I think we now have, uh, without any further ado, we have another breaking news item. Breaking news. Recently, a sexual predator here in San Jose was taken down, and I don't mean his pants, I mean his entire career, was taken down in part due to the efforts of our lovely guest here, Jen, a.k.a. the reporter. So. <laughs> Please tell us what happened in that situation. This is, this is something that happens probably a lot more frequently and doesn't get enough press. Yeah, absolutely not. And the, the story, so the story was from May, really, but the breaking news aspect of it is that we made a bunch of local politicos feel really awkward about it in the past week. Um, so I'll, just a little background. Back in May, um, I wrote a story about how this guy who was running for Santa Clara County Supervisor's Office, he was a Santa Clara councilman for 20 years, a teacher at local high school. He was a serial sexual harasser and arguably guilty of sexual battery, sexual assault, um, I got someone to um, out him, a 19-year-old campaign worker from Germany, um, and she uh, was one of his victims, and she finally said, you know what, I'll put my name on the record. So together, group effort, uh, we ended his public life, essentially. He resigned from the council. Oh, yeah. Applause <laughs> break. Lydia for the victims, survivors. Um, the yeah, he resigned from the council. He pulled out of the Santa Clara County Supervisor race, which was ultimately won by a woman. So justice. Um, and then so months passed, and then last week, me and the survivor who outed him, the first one who came forward, um, we were awarded by the Santa Clara County Democratic Club. And the reason I wanted to bring it up is because of this irony of like here here's this group that's awarding us for uh exposing a sexual predator but then before the event they were trying to censor the survivors saying sent her an email saying you know some of his friends are going to be there and we've had a rough year it's been really awkward we'd rather you just keep it general and say blah 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 this 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 and gave sent her a basically a script and we're like uh, no like what <laughs> so she did Sorry, she did not do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we went up there. It was just 
last Friday, actually, when Waffles sent me the the Facebook message to uh, asking to come on the podcast, it was when I was on my way to that show, which is why I brought it up to her. I was like, that's so funny. I were going a show called Go Fuck Yourself. And we were, <laughs> you know, this is what I'm dealing with here. Um, so we we went up to the front of the room and they were giving us our plaques and then there was like this awkward exchange of like here's your plaque yay and then kind of tried to pull the mic back from the survivor and i was like no no like i said actually i think she has a few words to say like take the mic back and then she had because she had prepared like a five minute speech and um god it was delicious <laughs> Seeing it went on long, you know, one of those moments where someone's talking and then they, uh, there's like a lull in their speech and then everyone tries to clap to get him to end it and like, okay, we heard you. And then someone tries to come up and like, all right, you're done. No, she kept going after that. So how two-faced was that to say, here, we're, rep- we're according you and rewarding you for, for bringing this to public attention, but don't say anything about it, even though we're giving you a fucking plaque for it. Exactly, yeah, and I, and it's kind of weird anyway to get an award from like a community group. A lot of times when a journalist gets an award, it's from like a industry group, a bunch of, an association of other reporters, essentially. It's not often you get commended by the community. So there were a lot of people who were not happy about it in the room that night. Um, so for me, I, I wasn't offended, but for a survivor, like, dude, don't ask her to come here, give her a plaque inscribed with her name and be like, but we still want to silence you. Sorry, bitch. And then, so thankfully she's only 20. She, she showed remarkable bravery, more bravery than I would have ever been able to show at that age. And, um, she, yeah. And she made them, she made him squirm. All the things are bad. There are no good things. That's perfect. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Ben Shapiro. Here. God's gift to the universe. All right. Um, so once, once we have released this episode, you can find all of the information, hopefully including a link to the speech that our incredibly brave survivor friend said in front of the Democratic Club and made a whole bunch of, of uh, white people squirm. Uh, of their uncomfortability with the reality of the situation that somebody knew they knew was a predator. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. All of the information will be found at ecoplexmedia.com. Um, go to the podcast section and find this episode of Go Fuck Yourself and all the show notes will be there. So before we hit the docket, I would like to issue a retraction. We take ourselves very seriously here at Echoplex Media, but not so seriously that you should take your news from Echoplex Media. Here, we hereby retract anything that we have said in the past, anything that we're currently saying, and anything that we're about to say in the future. Please don't get your news from us, but do get thoughtful and provocative topics of conversation. Our Our point here on Go Fuck Yourself is to make you think before you get deep into the sack with somebody and make mistakes like we all have and we're probably going to discuss here our first docket item is from a frequent uh flyer on the plex big show which is echoplex media's political podcast which is live on sunday nights this is our friend coach dave daubenmeyer and coach dave has some very shall we say uh old-fashioned Maybe, uh, uh, um, well, let's just hear what he has to say about li- women and lesbians. Went to rural King yesterday, and I was just looking around. Do you, do you know this? A lot of unattractive people in the world, over, over, extremely overweight, just, just not very attractive people. Okay. 
Okay. I apologize for the quality of Dave Dobbenmeyer. I think he did this interview with somebody on a fucking Sears Roebuck walkie-talkie <laughs> because he kind of cuts in and out, and I had to cut a lot of what he was saying. But basically, he's saying people are unattractive. So far, it doesn't sound anything too far out, right? I mean... Yeah, from, I mean that's kind of harsh to say, but from a hottie like Dave, an authority on the subject. Yeah, what does he look like? Oh, he's hot. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's wearing an orange cap with a cross, <laughs> I believe. I recall seeing him in this particular interview. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> he 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 is quite a fine specimen of good, upstanding Christian man. Yeah. Snack, old wrinkly white dude with a sensitive scrotum. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yummy. I am going to use that as a clip. Okay. You ever seen the chair from that one James Bond movie? I think it was, uh, what was it? Casino Royale, where he sits on that one chair that just has the hole in it. Yes. And they just do the cock and ball torture. Yeah. I bet that. I bet that's what uh, Dave likes. I'm going to have to watch that one again. <laughs> Can we hear the second clip, producer Dave? And David, I don't wonder if some, some of this, especially in women, some of this homosexuality stuff that's going on, some of, the, some of them that, how, how do I say this in the right way? Some of the w- women that I see fighting for women's rights would have a hard time finding a man. Does that make sense? Does, that, does anybody understand what I'm saying here? Barely. I barely understand what you're saying. But he's saying that some of the women who are uh, feminists, liberals, uh, SJWs, call them what you will, would have a hard time finding a man. I, I think that's his way of saying he doesn't think they're too purdy comments a man like him maybe but yeah <laughs> they're probably man, men like him probably aren't in their social circles but agreed i don't really care what he thinks about us in fact i hope that he stays far and clear away that's pretty much it like i i by saying that then you're now excluded from the from the uh, uh potential breeding pool he coach dave you are officially penis non grata for, for everyone at this table, and I'm going to presume to speak for the producer as well. You don't, producer Dave does not find Dave, Coach Dave attractive. Coach Dave, Coach Dave has a little bit more to say about feminine pulchritude. And so I, I look out in our sex-starved culture, and our sex-starved, uh, the nation in which we live, and it would, I would understand now why an unattractive woman might be drawn to an unattractive woman. Because it really, both of them probably, it's hard to find a man love them that sounds really i'm just you come here i tell you the truth (laughs) you come here i pay you (laughs) (laughs) who's who's sex starved here the nation or this guy (laughs) what is he a coach of yeah. Um, actually, that's an interesting question because, as far Bustling. as 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 far as I know, Coach Dave has been fired from every single job that he's had coaching because he was too hardcore religious and his ways were too out there. So you know, when private schools fire someone for being too religious, that's bad because private schools will take just about anybody as long as they're on the same page. And I think Coach Dave is definitely on his own page. Absolutely. Hopefully he doesn't have any pages, though, because that would just be weird. Uh, What do you think about what he said, that um, ugly women can't find a man and are therefore attracted to other ugly women? (laughs) It's absolutely ignorant and ridiculous. It just makes me laugh. First of all, isn't, isn't beauty subjective? Like, completely subjective? Absolutely. Like, I would say that everybody in this room is pretty hot, like like hot but somebody else might walk here and here and say oh we're all a bunch of we're all a bunch of uh, chads or whatever like not even chads not even not even cute 
Um, beauty is subjective. So somebody who finds somebody else, my theory, okay, so my theory on attractiveness, whether anybody cares or not, um, but hopefully you do if you're listening to my podcast, I think people are attracted to the level of attractiveness that they perceive themselves to be. Huh. So that's why when you see a guy who isn't terribly attractive with some really hot babe or vice versa, it's because they perceive themselves to be that level of attractiveness. And if I go out there thinking I'm, I'm, I'm hot snot in a pot, then I can get whatever hotness I want. And it doesn't have anything to do with how I look. It has to do with my confidence and my personality. That's that makes interesting. Sense. At least yeah. in theory yeah. anyway. I that like makes- that theory. I was going to say, that makes sense. They've done uh, series, uh, studies about projection, and they, they say that people who are get hung up on um, or get really terrified of gay sex, for example, are the ones who are turned on by it the most. And so if you get hung up on a certain concept, it might be because you're thinking about it the most because it's a part of you in a way that is kind of inextricable and that makes you, maybe you're terrified of yourself. Yeah. Also to draw on the word of the day, power. Uh, power. I believe that a lot of fear of women being strong together and not, quote unquote needing a man um, is threatening to the status quo of having of you know our patriarchy our system where white men are in power especially older white Christian men are in power it's a threat to them and so they attempt to uh, dismiss it or belittle it or judge it or um, categorize it as something that is unacceptable when indeed it's just a natural part of life I was going to say it says his comments say more about himself than the quote unquote ugly women he's judging sure you know for a homophobe he certainly spends an awful lot of time thinking about the gays <laughs> i mean yeah, maybe do. he's attracted to shame yeah. i'm sure i, I like shame i'm and sure maybe, he's maybe attracted he does too i'm sure he's attracted to shame he's 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 trying to shame people into believing what he believes and that's the right way you why know, my, is shame attractive <sighs> that's all like power it's like is power. It power? Why, yeah. is sh- why is shame, uh, shame, is shame attractive or is it an attraction? Well, I believe it's a pretty common theme in a lot of sex, especially, you know, there's like a very common um, shame, humiliation is a common running theme. But I think in our ongoing discussion of kink that a lot of kink is therapeutic and healing and somebody who asks to be humiliated or shamed is trying to put themselves in a situation where they can feel that and maybe do some healing, but then it's safe and they're going to have somebody help hopefully bring them out of it and say, you know, I I know that, you know, during sex, I said you had a small penis, but that's because you like hearing that you have a small penis and you actually don't. Your penis is ginormous. And I really appreciate the fact that you brought your penis here in the first place. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Or or creating some kind of a positive association with shame where in the past it's been (laughs) considered negative to sort of retrain yourself and create some kind of a stimulation where your neurons are firing some dopamine and serotonin and having a good time along with shame and and, uh, sort of recategorizing that in your experience in your life. I think shame is one of those things that we're not supposed to feel, but everybody does. And so feeling it is somewhat arousing. It's hmm. like exposure therapy. It reminds me sure. of the Maury shows when they would bring people on with certain anxieties or paranoias, like uh, 
there was this chick with who was terrified of uh, olives because they remi- reminded her of her dead grandpa's green eyes, and they brought out giant jars of green olives to terrify <gasps> her. And he was like, this is good for you because it's something you're scared of, but we're giving it to you in a controlled context, so you're going to get over it. Live she ran behind on the television. stage. Right. <laughs> on live television. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that was totally really ethical. Uh, Pythagoras, kind of a weird phobia, you know, as in A squared plus B squared equals C squared, that whole Pythagorean theorem. Pythagoras, um, interesting dude, was terrified of beans had an absolutely <laughs> wow pathological fear of beans which is really too bad because there's like 10 foods back then <laughs> <laughs> yeah i heard somebody say um use uh, y equals mx to plus b to to plot the slope of that ass and somebody said well no that's not really correct because asses are that's a linear equation right. and asses are actually more of a Y equals uh, um, AX squared plus BX plus C, you know, right. because it's a, a, a more of a, of a curve. Absolutely. I think when, we, when you talk about um, measuring dicks, often men will forget that it's not length. It's more square footage. Cubic. Cubic. Girth. 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 It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 cu- it's cubic. It's cubic. Dicks are, dicks are three-dimensional. It's not just about length. Yeah, they're four-dimensional Actually, if four-dimensional. you take that second tab. my friend uh he i think he does ass and then shoves giant dildos up his butt and he can take ones that are like this bigger well i'll have to describe it it's 24 inches long and it goes all the way up his colon i know who you're talking about (laughs) and it's uh, i'm not gonna say are they they as round as the as the dr striker sticker that you have now Um, put on well he showed me his boxes of dildos and i think they were uh, a little bit a... bigger. It's like, um, I'd say... Bigger than a Coke can, I see. Yeah, like two inches of radius. So uh, that would be six pi, or four pi. So yeah, like 12 inches around. I didn't know we were going to do so much math on this show. <laughs> math. I realized that, that that's actually one of my kinks today is just measuring things. It's not even Dude, like... measuring things is great. <laughs> Speaking of math, we are definitely off on a tangent. We're, no, we're talking about our kinks, measuring things. Measuring things are so hot because it's actually, it's objective. It's not people saying, oh, I like this or I don't like that. I mean, it's really, it's one, it's either three and a half inches or it's not three and a half inches. So speaking of kinks, our next docket item <laughs> is about people who I think think their kink is to hate on themselves and to hate on women is everybody at this table familiar with the term incel yes yes, yes. involuntarily celibate people yes. people who consider themselves unfuckable 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 call themselves incels and uh call back to episode five where we talked about uh incels and male cheerleaders and how horrifying those things were to white males uh male cheerleaders I know, right? And a very nice woman whose name I forget, but it'll be in the show notes on ecoplexmedia.com, had some sex dating tips for incels. Sometimes there are trends that you don't notice until they've spiraled out of control, like alternative milks or oversized scarves. So you may not have caught up with this one, a growing subculture of men calling themselves incels or involuntary celibates. They're youngish men who are angry about women not having sex with them, so they've given it a formal classification, like diabetes. The difference is you can't cure diabetes by getting laid or gaining a sense of perspective. That's true. It is true. So this is these are people who 
claim that they have tried and tried and tried but cannot get a date and they, that it's not their fault. It's the fault of the women. <laughs> Little bitches. Mm-hmm. But what do you really think about them? <laughs> I've no, seen please. their pictures. You've seen their pictures? Where? They look like they need a shower and that they'd look a lot better if they had a shower and went to the gym. And they always say there's no gym for your face, but like there is a shower. There was. A, <laughs> so do you guys know the YouTuber ContraPoints? One of my yeah, she's, yeah. She's oh my god, my she had yeah. a great. Yeah. She had a great video about incels where she was saying like she compared it to a death cult basically and said they're they've taken their insecurities so far that they've uh, explained it by saying it is for uncontrollable reasons like the shape of my skull or you know I can't change the shape of my chin or the fact that I have no chin or my wrists are too narrow and they're focusing on things that they can't change because then they can give up and so and that's why she said it's a death goal let's hear what let's hear what our friend at the bbc2 has more to say thanks to the magic of the internet they've gathered on websites where they chat about what bitches women are for not having sex with them which of course is hot here's a recent post what needs to be done is for us to go back to the old times when men owned all the wealth. Even a lowly peasant has a hovel he can offer to a femoid in exchange for her servitude. Now, for clarification, by femoid, he means a woman, like me! Yay! And by servitude, he means enforced sex, i.e. rape. Good to be clear. It's hard to see why these Romeos aren't being snapped up. Nothing gets my motor revving like being described as a femoid vagina host organism. Ooh. <laughs> She's delightful. I love her. Yeah. I love her. I would love I would love to have her on this show. A vagina host. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a parasite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like growing on your leg. <laughs> right. So t- what they re- what she's referring to is times past when women did not have nearly as much power as we do today. And this is not in distant times. This is in all of our parents' times. Like, the women just were to be seen and not heard. And that was pretty much it. And men who can't get a date wish that they could go back to those times when either there were, you know, just arranged marriages or just women were falling over themselves to get to these unattractive men and they feel that if if times were to go back uh that they would have they would have a wife by now right uh i'm gonna go ahead and analyze this there's there's a couple of things a couple of things going on here uh first you have this whole you know i think about learned helplessness right you're familiar Mm. with this concept where they just feel that oh oh i i I can't get my reward over and over i try i try i try whether or not they're actually driving it's it's their perceived effort um, and their perception of failure. And so they've given up and harbored all of these resentments. And then you've also got uh, anytime I think about globalization with women in the Middle East, for example, um, there's good and bad things about it. You know, on one hand, um, women have access to power and to information because with information comes power. Um, and with great power comes great responsibility, as we all know. And with great responsibility comes great power to flip that around. Uh, anyway, the idea that things are so rapidly changing and globalized that anyone can have access to this to flip this power around often causes groups and fanatics to respond and sort of cling to these old values of the past. 
And uh, and so, there's there I think is there something of a worldwide emasculation going on right now where men are realizing holy shit these non-penis holders actually have more power and more intelligence than we have previously given them credit for and and if we don't do something fast like make more laws or find more bible quotes to suppress them that yes. we're going to be uh we're going to be in a backwards world of ugly women right. being in charge yeah and let's just remember that these lovely and talented incels um have to make a tough choice between family and career and you know, we really should um, marvel at their their sweet, kind attempts to fit into society. And the truth is they just need someone to take care of them. Well, actually, it's funny you should say that because our BBC reporter thinks she knows what's going on with incels. Let's hear it. But in spite of incels saying women can either fuck me or fuck off, I'm sure that what they really want is a genuine connection with someone. And no, I'm not absolutely sure. <laughs> so here are a few romance tips for the lonely incel guy. First of all, may jazz. I suggest that setting up a sinister hate-fueled internet organisation for male virgins may be a less effective way to meet ladies than joining a Spanish class or buying a cute dog. If you want someone to like you, it's probably worth being friendly and trying to find some common ground with them rather than going on about how much you hate them. Like, if someone's got a bag of delicious revels, you might catch their eye and ask what's their favourite, rather than screaming, screw you, chocolate snack whore, then tearing your own wang off and handing it to them with a note saying this is all your fault. Can you see how this might not endear you? I don't know if you can. It is difficult. I love her. <laughs> nice. I saw a documentary on the on the incels with the guy who, like, runs all the chat rooms, and he actually was just pretty lonely. Um, yeah. was it was it on Vice? Yeah, it was the that was that was what we talked about in episode five. And she went into a very, very brave young vice reporter, a femoid, went into <laughs> an incels apartment. And he was actually very sweet. And at, at least he admitted that his that his social awkwardness and not being able to get a girl, which is apparently the goal, I don't know, of all the chads. Um, he, he at least admitted that it was due to his overwhelming social anxiety and the fact that he just didn't feel comfortable going out and being with people in general but felt much more comfortable online and yeah. i can see that he wasn't blaming women right he wasn't bad looking no he wasn't bad looking at all he was kind of cute yeah if he shaved a little bit and stopped <laughs> eating the doritos he was kind of a cutie is this a symptom of the internet or were incels around in some form or another like before the 90s 80s and beyond that i think it's hard to say because of the internet now it's a known thing i don't think there were such a thing as incels i think there were people who have always felt frustrated that they couldn't get the kind of relationships that they craved. Catholic priests? Nietzsche. <laughs> Nietzsche? Nietzsche had sex once with a prostitute and then got syphilis and died. So he might have been an incel if he had yeah. the internet. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, every time anybody ever quotes Nietzsche, that's what I always say. <laughs> <laughs> every single time. Every single time. Reality like, just, check. just remember. <laughs> I, I could not speak for whether or not incels have been a thing i mean even before the internet as we know it there were bulletin boards you know the bbs's that the yahoo groups and whatnot where people were talking about these things but i don't think it was such an international movement with such power and part uh, power here we go backing into power, power. 
part of the problem is that these people are getting so power sex money power sex money people are getting so obsessed with what they can't have and the fact that other people are feeling the same way that now they are starting to commit acts of violence against women and there was a a fellow in Santa Barbara who drove his car through a crowd of people and killed several people before that he made a, a video of his 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 final video of um how much women were at fault for this and how every bitch in the world was gonna was gonna be sorry now and that was before incel uh entered the popular lexicon too and that guy wasn't bad looking and he had a fuck ton of money too he had a rich dad he had rich a nice dad. car yeah yeah it's i feel like it's easier to get laid with the internet though i mean there's dating apps you can it's kind of like ordering a pizza these days you just use your thumb on your phone and Oh, yeah. Uh, I did read this massive longitudinal study that said that we're having way less sex than we used to. Yes. And that the the main predictor for or the main uh, consequence of the Internet is lowering uh, teenage pregnancy or one of the main consequences. Like we tried abstinence only education. We tried all these different things, but just giving teenagers a bunch of porn got them to stop having sex. Nice. So porn. So porn is a STD prevention. Yes. Maybe Excellent. they should teach that in sex ed. Do I, did I give you one more clip for incels? Two more clips. All right. Perhaps unsurprisingly, incels consider Donald Trump to be the ultimate alpha sex guy. Whereas they think Dwayne The Rock Johnson is a lame beta male because he looks after kids and stuff. Now, chaps, I think I may have spotted where you're going wrong. We don't fancy Donald Trump. Despite the masterful way he just grabs a pussy, regardless of a lack of invitation from its owner, Guys, not even Donald Trump's wife fancies Donald Trump. Her face is like magically frozen in a grimace of disgust, like in a fairy tale about a princess who kisses a troll demon and pays an awful price. Whereas The Rock, it's all very, very good. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so people, the, the people that incels perceive to be the powerful ones are not people that women want to be with or want to aspire to be. The only people who aspire to be the situation, we don't refer to him by his name, he should not, who shall the not be situation. named, the situation. From the Jersey yeah. Shore? No. Oh, the situation. No, he's far, he's far Mike, worse. I forgot. I would much rather have <laughs> that situation be our president than the current be situation. Be careful what you I wish agree. for. Because at least, he's a, at least he knows DJs, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think that anybody except the white men who are yeah i'm white i'm saying it i think the white men who are in power are absolutely scared and they're grabbing onto their scrotums and crying but 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 and and we don't want them to have all the power we don't emulate them or aspire to be them we want them out of the way but i think the incels see that they're that they're in power and that this is something that they are trying to 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 look up to and respect i don't know it's weird they how they devolved i mean this is from the contrapoints video she pointed out how they kind of devolve into these other not just uh misogyny but a lot of racism as well or like internalized racism and they think that not only the bone thing like my wrists are too small my chin's too not prominent enough or whatever they say like oh i'm not getting laid because of my race and they have all this language very similar to a cult like um Black cells, curry cells, uh, you know, rice curry, cells. Curry cells and rice cells? Yeah, I wow. know. It's hard for me to say. I'm sorry. But <laughs> we, have, we have one more clip from Red our cells. lovely BBC lady. Next, don't fear the empowerment of women. 
Women having autonomy should allow men and women to achieve a more fulfilling love because it's on an equal footing. Having sex with someone who hates you or simply feels indebted won't be as wonderful and exciting as doing it with someone who thinks you're lovely. Just ask Donald. Actually don't, I mean I doubt he'll have anything to compare it to and he won't understand the question. On a hopeful note, I've been involuntarily celibate for a few years in the past and I didn't threaten all the men I fancied because they refused to have sex with me, I just took up Zumba. When I did get my oats, what helped was taking steps like leaving the house and having conversations with a variety of different people and not being a creep who blames an entire gender for his own shortcomings. Best of luck. Well, she does bring up two interesting points, which is, uh, you know, Rouge V? The, the mm. guy who makes like bang Sweden and bang Hungary and all these different ones. He's who, a baker like, now. He's a baker. He's a yeah, baker? yeah. On yeah, YouTube. He makes bread. And he's like, but this is a totally masculine experience to make your own food. <laughs> it's a science and it's men sci- are into yeah. science. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not like all those, you know, like all those feminine kinds of cooking, like, you know, salad. <gasps> right. But, uh, <laughs> okay. okay. But um, when he was going around uh, in the uh, in Sweden, he wasn't able to get his like nagging to work as well because the, f- the women were too empowered. He could only get the nagging and the uh, the pickup artists uh, shit that he does to work in countries where women felt the most depressed. Wow, that's an interesting that's an interesting correlation. You know, I remember so in the early two thousands, that's when the pickup artist thing was becoming popular, right? So that was like Correct. the precursor to the incel movement. I vaguely remember that. Wasn't there a reality TV show with? Uh, the guy with the eyeliner and the piercings and the ponytail. Like, is he an incel now? Is that is that kind of the same thing? I don't know. I know there was a movie called The Pickup Artist. Oh, about that? I'm pretty sure I didn't see it. I have shit Dang. to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our next docket item is about an incredibly lovely mistress by the name of Empress Wu. BDSM is just the avenue that is absolutely perfect for me to teach people what healing looks like and to teach people what vulnerability and authenticity look like. And it gives a lot of people a lot of space to be the absolute most wrong and ugly and debased and lowest version of themselves and to be loved anyway. So she's referring to kink where people are shamed and humiliated for all the terrible characteristics that they have and then they're given rewards anyway because it's okay to be whoever you are and as a person who participates on the regular in kink uh it's incredibly healing uh show of hands going around the room who has participated in a situation of dominance and submission oh man i feel left out <laughs> oh it's great oh the day's i mean young. not like with you. all the the leather and the tools and the weapons not i haven't done it like that formally the, the, what are you the, doing later uh, the, you don't ac- have to do it formally <laughs> the accoutrement are are just are just sprinkles on on the cupcake yeah. the real the real the real work is in the mindset and the relationship between a dominant and the submissive, the two play partners and what they negotiate and what happens between them. Uh, Producer Dave, can we hear the next clip, please? I got held up at gunpoint when I was 18. So I got held up in Houston in a wealthy neighborhood at 11 p.m. at night, so it wasn't very late. And I've also gotten held up at gunpoint in my own home with my mom on a Sunday morning. That really taught me that danger is not something that you can anticipate. That you don't get to decide when danger happens. Because you can follow all the rules and it'll still 
happen to you anyway. And that's why I decided to just go for it and to pursue this job that seemed really, really intriguing and honestly paid a lot of money. I mean, there's the there's the kicker. There's it, the money. There's the kicker. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, having been a victim of heinous crimes being held up twice, once in a wealthy neighborhood and once in your own home, for fuck's sake, being able to be in control of something and to say when danger is going to happen is incredibly empowering, especially for a woman who might be tiny physically in stature or feeling tiny because of the very masculine world that we live in. Sure. Yeah. There's that um, Margaret Atwood quote, you know, men are afraid that women will laugh at them and women are afraid that men will kill them. Damn. Damn. <laughs> True. Though. So she, in her, in her practice, Empress Wu uses all kinds of weapons and she's going to, she's going to tell us a little bit about that. I have a whole wide variety of floggers, whips, um, spiky wheels, ball crushers, um, vices. <laughs> Knives are a big, big fun trick for me. When I was in Texas, I carried a taser on me. And when I was working in Texas, I would use that in sessions. Using a taser in sessions, that's pretty, Ow. that's pretty hardcore. <laughs> Your eyebrows grow back, it's not really that, <laughs> <laughs> that big of a deal. Um, Let's continue because I, I know that I wanted to put that clip in, but I'm not sure why. I really enjoy older men because I think that there's a lot of cynicism that they have built up that they don't allow to be vulnerable with other people. Like I think that as time goes on, we develop more and more cynicism. And the reason why I enjoy those clients is because like if I don't break down that sense of being jaded, then there's no there's no other place where that can be broken down. She loves the older clients because they're the ones who can afford her. Yes. I'm guessing. <laughs> it's also, true. Also yeah. part of it, and in that, there is no shortage of, of supply of clients. Exactly, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Even as one generation gets too old to, to take 100 floggings, the next generation will be coming <laughs> up and will also be feeling guilty about things. But what she's saying, I, I love what she's saying in that she is giving people a chance and a safe place to explore whatever it is to, to step out of being this hardened, cynical, uh, I am fabulous all the time thing and to be vulnerable and to be that other person that maybe you're afraid to be, except with a trusting partner who you can be your vulnerable self and and kind of let your 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 shield down yeah i agree i mean it is aggressively vulnerable let's put it that way um i don't know i i don't really buy into the healing aspect of it but i do respect it and it sounds like a lot of fun i think it's desire and i think it's entertainment and um i think it's power exchange just for pleasure i don't really consider it to be a healing practice though then you haven't had it done right <laughs> i i have done more self-therapy by being tied up to a spanking bench and being spanked than i have in a therapist's office except for the prescription you know but <laughs> because because as i'm as i'm getting work done i'll be thinking about wow i'm really you know feeling out of my comfort zone right now and this is but um but it's okay because this person is guiding me and they're not going to let me go too far and it's letting me push my own boundaries of what i think is acceptable as a way to feel and it is it's incredibly healing it's it you come away from a good bdsm session feeling very 
resolved, hopefully, and some closure maybe on some things. Let's hear what else Madam Wu has to say. Empress Wu. It's like, absolutely, let's stop the session. And then we talk about what it is that happened so that they're not just like let out into the world, like traumatized. Yellow means that we slow down, change direction, change volume. Green is if I ever check in on you and you're still good to go. And then I also have nonverbal safe words. So safe words that are there in case you can't speak. So this is a discussion of the uh, communication that goes on during a session because once the session starts, you're no longer yourself. You're either the dominant or the submissive and, and very often communicating, hey, that's not really working for me or, oh, fuck, stop, is not, is going to break the scene. Or maybe that's, but being able to communicate with the person that is is tying you up or, or spanking you is very important. So this is very common, and I wanted to put this in just in our ongoing discussion of kink, that people often use the traffic light system. So red light means has to stop right now, can't go on, um, we need to kind of talk about what's happening. Maybe we're not done, but like stop right now. Yellow light means switch directions, lighten it up, maybe do something different. And green light is if I check in with somebody and they're like, oh yeah, you can keep going more, more, more is green light. So that's that's a very common way without, you know, the joke on Family Guy was the safety word is banana. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had to red light a scene once. I was, I was cosplaying or role-playing with a, a partner and we were role-playing that I was the neighbor next door and he had always pretended to watch me uh, nude sunbathing or whatever like anybody does that. And in the middle of this, he, he shouted out, I love you! And I had to red light it because I was like, he said, but I'm just role playing that. I said, but you can't just throw that in there without. Ah, that was too emotional. It's a it red was, light. <laughs> That's a red light. That was, that was non-consensual language for me. Yeah. I was just like, you, we've, we've only known each other for like two weeks. Right. Mostly online. I can't, I can't, <laughs> have, I can't have you shouting. I love you. I mean, we didn't negotiate that, but, um, that's we an have, interesting red light. I I wasn't anticipating that. I thought you were yeah. going to talk about some emotion or some um, perhaps physical danger or something like that. But the, the emotional red uh, light was he interesting. Was, he was trying very hard not to be an incel, but I think I was the first date he'd had in a long time. Well, I know. There you go. You you prevented another incel from. Thank you for your service. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear a little bit more from Empress Wu. A lot of people get wrong. Uh, the idea that I'm in this for power or control, or the idea that power is like, comes at the cost of another person, because it doesn't. Doing this job has just taught me a lot about like what power can look like. Which brings up an interesting point there that, you know, that's sort of a misconception that power comes at the cost of another person. I think it can be a consensual kind of power. Um, in fact, it's actually hotter if somebody gives you permission to be more powerful or, is it more therapeutic for her or her clients? Is what That's a good <laughs> question. You know, we talked about this when we <laughs> talked about the financial dominatrixes, dominatrix on a previous episode. I think it's more therapeutic for her clients. Interesting. Um, because it's work. Right, Because yeah. it's, it's work. Oh, it, man. I used to, in my early 20s, I did a, a few stints at sex work, but I wish I'd known about all these other forms when I was that broke because then I didn't have to do it the traditional patriarchal way. So there's, right. a, mm. there's a common misconception about kink, and that is yeah. that the dominant is the one who's in charge. It's actually completely the other way around. The person who is 100% in charge 
who says, this is what I want done, this is when you should do it, this is how you should do it, and if I say stop, you have to stop, is the submissive or the bottom or the, one the person. paying her in this instance. Right, they're the one, I mean, she has rules and boundaries, but they're the ones who say, okay, I want this done to me and in this way, please do this, but don't do this. Those are the rules, those are the, the limits that are being set not by the dominant, but it, it's up to the dominant when and how those things take place during that time period. It's kind of like a sonnet because there are rules within those within those boundaries. You can go anywhere you want, but you have to follow those rules. And if you don't follow the rules, it's not going to work. Right. How does money play into this? Is that kind of, no, FinDom is where you demand <laughs> someone's money, but none of these other like role-playing issues like or scenarios she didn't mention that money exchange was part of it a financial dominatrix is somebody who who just accepts money from somebody just because they want to give it to her okay but these guys pay her for a session okay the money isn't part of the session the money is not the the transaction but does it change the dynamic like if you have a bdsm for free is it does it change the dynamic then if somebody pays you to do it? Of course it is. I yeah. mean, is that absolutely? It's another kind of domination. It's like sure, it's capitalism. I <laughs> would, I would, I would consider paying a dominant to be like paying an artist for their time and their talents and their experience and their expertise. I would not consider that part of the sexual or dominant transaction. There are financial dominatrices who just get money so somebody says here i'm transferring 500 dollars to you mistress and she just says thank you and that's it and there's no they don't even meet no artistry to that no art there's no and what she says is that she's getting money for nothing but it's not nothing because the people who seek her out want that so it's some, some kind of manipulation then. But she does, But that's they are seeking her out. Like they're looking for that's her and saying, "Mistress, can I give you? Can I give you my money? And can I buy you present? Can I dote on you? Can I? Can I send you? Can I buy you shoes? You need to get me one of those. I know, right? <laughs> we yeah. would we would like to officially state that we are open to taking all kinds of donations <laughs> on Twitter at Jen Wazers <laughs> or at patreon.com slash echoplex. I do like that she one thing I do appreciate that she incorporates and talks about is uh, debriefing and, and having a processing session um, when she mentions her red light and then they stop and talk. I think her words were something along the lines of uh, so they can understand it instead of going out into the world traumatized. I do think yeah. that's pretty important. That's interesting. Yeah. I feel that's like if I had proof. grown up earlier with the internet, I would have learned to empower myself sooner. Like there was like my foray into sex work was very much just transactional, not thinking about power dynamics, not thinking about what my rights were, what protections I should take, cutting off time or like saying no to this or no to that. And so I I'd wish I'd known. Maybe I would have still been a hooker by now. It's not it's not <laughs> it's here's the fun thing. It's not too late. You could now do those things and there could be no sex transaction whatsoever. Findom. I, I would I would I would encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episode of Go Fuck Yourself. I believe it was episode four where we talked about financial dominatrices and she talked about how she got into the business and she just found a niche in San Francisco, of course, but I'm sure it would work anywhere that there's a major metropolis and men who feel that they you know, this is not something that 
and that a poor person should be looking into but people who have money to blow the money is no object price price category and they just want to give up some of their hard-earned cash and know that they're pleasing someone like that's the service that she's providing and she doesn't do anything except receive shoes wow i know right yeah only shoes well, most she had she had amazing closet full of shoes. Better nice ones. <laughs> they pay her rent. They pay it. You know, sounds it, like a foot fetish to me. Here, wear these shoes. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, buying shoes. Yeah, buying shoes is great. Yeah. So we were just talking about that interesting statistic that in um, that Stryker and I were talking about this not too long ago. That uh, the that foot fetishes are more prevalent in uh, groups or at time periods where there's STDs. Wow. Kind of an interesting correlation. Why is that a correlation yeah. or a causation? I, I don't know. <laughs> I tend to, I tend to think correlation because I like to have a lot of evidence before I attribute one cause to another. How do we How do we know that shoe fetishes have been popular? Like STDs, like syphilis was a big thing a hundred yes, years ago. Yes, and foot fetishes were very popular during during the 1890s absolutely wow kickfucking.com is that a thing (laughs) kick kick fucking probably could be (laughs) things we're learning about the reporter that we never knew before today (laughs) 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 things like i've never done bdsm innocent That's just your line. That's like that's like your pickup line, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I never done this before. It's like someone who, who's like, oh, I never played pool before. Let's just to put five on it and see what happens. <laughs> oh man, I lost that one. How about we put about a, we thousand put a thousand, thousand on this one? On this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm experienced in all the wrong ways, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a wrong way to be experienced? I don't know. <laughs> you think so? I mean. Ooh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to think on that. I think. Yeah. I think. I. I would rather go to my grave regretting some of the naughty things that I've done than not regretting some of the things I didn't get to do. No regrets. Mm. No regrets. No <laughs> so I. I'm so delighted that we've had a chance to talk about sex, to talk about kink, to talk about power. Um, we are at the end of Go Fuck Yourself episode seven. So please let's go around the room and give final thoughts. And once again, um, tell people, tell our good listener where they can find you on the social media. Yes, uh, Jen Wadsworth here. Um, uh, thanks for having me on Waffles. This is great. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jen Wadsworth uh, with two N's. Jen Wadsworth with two N's. And where could they read your articles if they wanted to? Oh, yeah. Uh, every Wednesday, the print issue of Metro comes out. Uh, or you can find a lot of my news articles online at SanJoseInside.com. My name is Guinevere Q. No, no big fucking deal. deal. And it's been a pleasure and a joy. Uh, thank you for having me on. You can check me out online on the internet and you can also check out my music the wyatt act and dr striker speaking of dr striker i am dr striker and uh you can find us on the internet on youtube that that's that's the big one right now is as youtube it's youtube slash c slash dr striker and the drummer has a huge dick yeah mm. so i've heard so it's, uh, it's one of your husband the 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 music scene is pretty native american (laughs) it's pretty incestuous but it ain't like that folks it kind of is it kind of is incestuous and once again i am your hostess in the educatrix i am the waffle princess find me on twitter at waffly princess find me on facebook in the go fuck yourself uh, podcast facebook group and find all of echoplex media's podcasts on 
Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and of course, EquiplexMedia.com. We want to thank you very much for listening. We would like to invite you to subscribe on all of those pod clouds. And we would invite you to go fuck yourself because if you can't go fuck yourself, how are you going to go fuck someone else? This closing song, we I decided to do a Dr. Stryker sandwich today. And this is Dr. Stryker, I Want to Fuck You. I'm gonna fuck you cause love is too tame I'm gonna fuck you cause love is too tame I'm gonna fist you cause love is too tame I'm gonna fuck you cause love is too tame You got three holes, I'm gonna use them all I'm gonna fuck you cause love is too tame I put my fingers on your clit Oh yeah And then I make you suck my dick I put my knuckles up your cunt And then I rub you like you want Yeah I got you deep in my grip I'm gonna fuck you cause love is too tame Smoke a little bit of weed And then I bend you on my knees I lick your leg up with my tongue And then I eat you till you're done I got you down in my bed I'm gonna fuck you cause love is too tame I'm gonna fuck you cause love is too tame
my motor revving like being described as a femoid vagina host organism and so i, I look out in our sex starved culture and our sex starved uh, the nation in which we live oh, oh oh my gosh oh hell on earth fucking give the man a hand 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 what the fuck are you still doing away go to bed we're done show's done go listen to a podcast that we released earlier and bring tacos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh.